you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. It's Thursday, December 22nd, and you are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. That is the voice of today's special guest. He is the resident play caller, the QB whisperer, the pride of Iron Mountain, Michigan. That's in the Upper Peninsula. Check your map. Pretty cool place. He, of course, lives in the upper echelon of human beings that we know around here. He is Stephen Ray Mariucci. Coach, this is part two. I promised our listeners that there would be a part two to the Mooch interview, and here it is. Welcome back. Back by popular demand. <laughs> Indeed, oh, by oh my popular God. demand. My well, I'm glad to Nate, be with you. for you, Nate. <laughs> I want to start with Ray. Stephen Ray Mariucci. Ray, what's the significance? Well, that happens to be my dad. My dad was born in Italy, Umbria, Costacharo. Been there a couple times. And uh, kind of funny, he would always say, you want to go back with me? Uh, I'd say uh, to him, you want to go back with me, Dad? Let's go back to your home. Oh, no, you go, you go. Just remember, we have a, we have a house, we have a vineyard, we have all that stuff. I go, Dad, it's been 70 years or 80 years since you've been there. I don't think you have that anymore. I'm just, I'll stop in, but you don't have that anymore, okay? <laughs> so we did. Uh, my wife and I and some friends, when we visited, we knocked on the door. Obviously, we, they knew us. We knew them. They had been there, I don't know, 76 years, the Stefanellis. Anyway, uh, and, and so we, we uh, went in. When we, my dad was born in that house and little town. Oh, gosh, it was just, it was awesome, awesome, awesome. So your dad was an accented father? He had the accent? So when, when I was growing up, my Nona lived right behind us, all right? So... Um, a lot of people came from Costa Charo, uh, Umbria, Italy, um, and lived in Iron Mountain, Michigan, you know, and worked in the mines or general laborers or whatever that was, came over through Ellis Island, you know, the, 
The way you're supposed to. Hey, my people came over through Ellis Island in the 1830s, 1836 from yeah. Ireland. Oh, wow. And, uh, and so they spoke Italian. My, my regret, I, I guess I have a few, um, is that I didn't learn how to speak Italian. Because my dad, of course, spoke it, and his mother, that's all she spoke. And then my dad ended up to be a darn English teacher, for, for crying out loud. But I never really learned the language like I, I wish I did. Well, I want to know, and I know that I speak for a lot of people who were paying attention to the first part of that story. Was the vineyard still there? Do you, did you still have the vineyard? You know what? There was a lot of vineyards, so I don't know which one was ours. <laughs> he, probably, he was a kid, right? He probably played and just picked some grapes and ate them once in a while. He thought it was his. I don't know. <laughs> one of the thank you for the explanation of Ray. When did your father pass? My dad passed on Super Bowl weekend when I was working. No, he didn't. Yeah, and uh, he uh, he was a veteran, World War II, tank Army Tank Destroyers Division, two sport guy at Michigan State, boxer, wrestler. I never messed with him for obvious reasons. And uh, anyway, he, he passed when he was ninety. And uh, that he was getting old and, you know, starting to get dementia. And uh, so I visited him. It was during the season. I was there all the way back in Michigan quite a bit. Quite a bit. I'd go back and forth. And then when I was working in a Super Bowl in New Orleans, uh, I got word that he passed. My sister was with him. He lived a great life. I lost my father almost 10 years ago now. And I could talk to you just about dads for the rest of this hour. When I think about dad, when I think about his passing, there's something odd about how fresh the emotion still can be and how easily accessible my grief can still be. It's a strange thing with sons and fathers. The lesson, okay, we're talking lessons. The last lesson, I learned a lot of lessons from my dad. The last one was when I was with him uh, right around AFC-NFC Championship weekend, which is, you know, couple, you know just a couple weeks before the Super Bowl. Um, when we were watching, he was in his bed at the VA hospital and we were watching Michigan State basketball because my best friend Izzo coaches them and my dad is an alum from Michigan State. So we were watching Tom's game and he was falling asleep and I wanted to stay there until he fell asleep. So I just you know, said, good night, I love you. And he, he grabbed my arm and he said, I appreciate you being here. So what does that mean? And then he fell asleep. If kids who have um, elderly parents would hear that, he said, I appreciate you being here. He didn't say, I love to hear you on the phone or I love a text. I love a little card. Those are great. Those are fine. Those are JV. I appreciate you being here in person was the last lesson he taught me. So my message to all these, you know, parents, you know, that are 30, 40, 50 years old that have elderly parents that are in their 70s or 80s or 90s, nothing is better than being with them in person. Yeah, yeah. sometimes we're divided by distance, yes. But nothing is better than actually getting your human being in front of them and giving them a big hug and being there in person. A number one. Thank you for that. I know somebody once said that 90% of life is showing up and I think there must be some truth to that. Appreciate you sharing that. Coach, we often hear you described as the QB whisperer. Now that is a phrase that has been taken out for a jolly old ride over the last two and a half decades. 
But in a very real way, you were and you are. But I want you to help me and our listeners understand what it takes to be a QB whisperer. And before you discount this as mere phraseology, listener, please know that the man I am talking to was integral in the formative career moments for guys named Brett Favre and Steve Young and, yes, even Kurt Warner, all three of whom (laughs) wear gold jackets. We're going to get to the Warner story because there's a twist in that tale. What does it take to be a QB whisperer? But I think the better question and really what I'm asking is, what is it that you know about quarterbacks that allows you to connect with them and impart your wisdom to them in such an effective manner? A good professor is only as good as his students' commitment and abilities and IQ, okay? And so I was lucky enough to be sitting in the same room as a Brett Favre when he was young and where the only way to go was up. And, and I was lucky enough to be in the same room as Steve Young when he was 37, 38 years old and he was already established. That was an easy one. The Kurt Warner thing, nobody was smart enough to foresee his greatness because he didn't make the team. He wasn't ready yet. He was a camp quarterback and he, we, we gave him a shot, got to know him and said, thank you, goodbye and good luck and with your life's work. And that was a great story. That's why there's a movie. I, I, had, a, <laughs> I had a guy named Damon Allen. You ever hear of Marcus Allen? Well, his little brother's named Damon. Damon was a skinny little bugger, 149 pounds from San Diego, and he played for me at Cal State Fullerton. He ended up being the greatest quarterback ever to play in Canada. Had, I don't know, 75,000 passing yards or whatever. So, but but those, those, those guys had things in common. They were driven, they were talented, they were smart, you know, they were tough, all in their own ways, all different personalities. I've been around some quarterbacks that weren't very good too. You know, and then all of a sudden you're not a whisperer, you're an idiot. You know, if, if the guy can't, can't throw a cat out of the house, then you're not a good coach. So it depends on who you're around, right? I suppose it does. And you're very quick, of course, to give credit and pass the baton and the spotlight and the mic back to the other person. But no, I'm not going to let you do that because you do have a way of connecting with people. Maybe that's what it is. Is that what it is? Is that it's the, the ability to connect with somebody in a way that is inoffensive and yet still powerful. To be able to correct without condemning. To be able to help without throwing fairy dust and blowing smoke off somebody's you know what. You have that ability and you must have sensed that early on. Plus, you played the position of quarterback at a pretty high level. Is it the toughest job in all of sports? Why is it so difficult? And what is the one thing that the young kid who is listening to this podcast, who dreams of being, whether he or she dreams of being a quarterback, what is the one thing that you would tell that young person that they need to be or need to know or need to work on in order to have a chance to play quarterback at any level? Yes, the quarterback is the most, now this is my opinion, you know, uh, people in other sports might, might, you know, make a stand for some other positions, but the quarterback to me is the most difficult, the most taxing and the most demands and the most required mental and physical skill set in all of sports. It, it all comes down to you. (laughs) 
you get a record. It, you know, his head coach gets a record and a quarterback gets a record. Nobody else on the field. You don't hear of an offensive guard, you know, having a 53 and 20 record. God, I never thought okay. about that coach. And so it's right. all on the quarterback. It's and the true, coach. isn't it? Yeah, it is. And so it gets too much of the blame and too much of the credit and all of that. Um, you know, there's other sports that you better be, you know, the, the, the point guard in basketball, the pitcher in baseball. You know, I mean, there's other... You know, how about Messi? How about that Italian guy over there? He's pretty darn good. Argentinian, get it straight. He's Italian. Okay, look it up. All right, and so, um, but the quarterback, so I would tell if, like I have grandkids, all right? And I, and I had kids too. My kids played high school quarterback. All of them did. But um, if you want to jump in that arena, you better be wired properly. What do I mean by yeah, that? Yeah, what do you mean by that? Because you better have a, some kind of, like, like, uh, like I can't, I can't live without this sport. I have to, I have to be so into it. I have to watch TV and watch these guys. I have to go play. I have to go throw. I have to go learn. I have to be a sponge. I have to, tra- I have to train conditioning. I have to weight roll. I have to throw. I have to learn the game. I have to study defenses. I have to, be- all of those things. Okay, but I have to paint the picture for the listener right now because the look on your face, Steve, is one of ferocity it's almost angry you're you're bringing a ferocious angry passion to this the quarterback position is not a finesse position it is not a hoity-toity position it's you better be the toughest guy on the team position now does that mean tom brady cannot just duke it out with the linebackers no it doesn't but mentally tough you've got to have you know what i've said to this i've said to this to many quarterbacks it's you know it's all about your skin talking about the thickness of your skin. You better have thick skin to be quarterback because you know what? It's not all a bed of roses, is it? You're going to have to, you're going to have to, you know, enjoy the good times, the success and all that and do that properly, but you better be able to take criticism and occasional booze and a crazy, an occasional locker room, t- you know, doubting you or coaches doubting you or fans. I mean, you better have thick skin. So you have to be mentally tough. Start with that, because if you are if you are flimsy that way, you can't. You got to play something else. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. 
Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. You are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. I'm your host, NFL Network senior writer, Andrew Levy. Can you teach mental toughness, or are you either born with it or born without it? Uh, I think it's somewhere in between. I, I, think, I think it can be developed. Some guys get calloused. Some guys, you know, get, learn to go through it. Um, and, and, and some guys, it, it, it breaks you. You know, the, the, the bad stuff can break you. You can handle it wrong. And some guys, people, some of them get hardened and they get a little bit more resilient uh, going through tough times. So uh, I think you got to have, you got to be born with a, a little bit of uh, talent and your DNA has to suggest that you want to be the man, right? Um, but you, I think a lot of it is learned too. Who threw more interceptions than anyone else in NFL history? I don't know. Is it Favre? It is. And Babe Ruth struck out the most. He did. And I think that I think it speaks to what you're talking about, that did Brett Favre have the thickest skin of any quarterback you ever worked with? Really thick. <laughs> so thick that nothing could penetrate it, including, uh, nothing. including coaching? Nothing. I <laughs> you know what? There's a, there's a kid that, you know, it's an interesting story because he wasn't a first-rounder or anything like that. You know, he just was. Where'd he come from? Southern Miss, Mississippi State? Southern Miss. Southern Miss. You know, he gets in a car wreck, you know, before the season starts, and he gets like 30 inches of intestine removed. But he gets, he's so tough, he gets heels up fast and comes back and beats Alabama. I mean, this guy was a tough guy. Emotional. He got so excited one time, he hyperventilated on the sideline, and they found him under the bench. He was supposed to be out there holding for extra points. I mean, I, the, 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 but what we learned from him in college carried over into that enthusiastic type of play in the NFLs, but he, he's as tough as they come. If he was tough, probably in the mold of your old man, the boxing and wrestling coach, was Steve Young the surgeon? Was he, you know what was, I, he hey, was he more elegant? You want So I got in trouble one time um, because when I took the 49er job, somebody like you asked, well, you had Brett Favre, and now you have Steve Young. Uh, how do they compare? Or as they said, I didn't like ask you to compare them. Well, you know I, what? Well, I so, guess I so I, back to like a dodo. I to be unlike the other guys. I, this is how I made a mistake, big time. I said, "You got Brett Favre. He's as tough as nails. Yeah, 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 that kind of thing. You'll fight linebackers and Warren Sapp right on the field. Yes, and then you got and then you did. got Steve Young, who's this genius. He passes the his bar during the season. And my guy's incredibly genius. And then then so I'm trying to compliment both guys. But what happens is one guy says, "What? I'm not smart." The other guy says, "What? I'm, I'm not, not tough." tough. Right. And so <laughs> you just can't win, right? So I just. After that, I said, okay, I'm so terrible anybody. question. Let's assume that the toughness and the thickness of his skin may have been the best quality that Brett Favre possessed. What was the best quality that Steve Young possessed? Smart, athletic. If Steve Young played today, because he was four or five, okay, he he was fast. He was like, four feet five inches tall. God, he looked so forty much time, than that. and so he was fast <laughs> like Jalen Hurts. He was he was athletic. He could he was going to be. <laughs> 
He told me, he goes, you know what, at BYU, they almost moved me to corner because I was not throwing the ball very well, so they're going to move me to corner because I was fast as anybody on the team. And then they, he begged to give him one more shot at quarterback. But he would have been those one of those dual-threat quarterbacks. I had him when he was ancient. He was 37, 38 years old, or I would have ran some option with that guy. The zone read RPO game would have been huge for that guy. He never played in shotgun. I said, never. I mean, this. I mean, this guy would have been so dynamic in this dual threat offensive stuff. Now, hold on a second, coach. Is that right? That if I that if I conjure up an image of him in shotgun, I've invented that. He never played in shotgun. Right. Oh my goodness. Of all the guys who should have been playing in shotgun, he didn't like it. Fair enough. He wanted his hands under the center's butt. He wanted to have his <laughs> eyes on the defense all the way. He did not want to look at the ball for one second. But that speaks to the smarts that you credit him with, the vision that he obviously had, his ability to dissect a defense. Go ahead. On Saturdays before the Sunday game, yes. I would have the quarterbacks come in. We did this and we did this everywhere I've ever been. And we would do a review of the game plan, okay? And everything's written on the boards all the way across in the uh, offensive room from the plays to the formations, the personnel groups. Here's base. Here's nickel. Here's short yards. Here's goal line. Here's red zone. All of it. Please tell me you had a security guard outside this door. Yeah, you can get in there. And so and so we would review with the normal quarterback on Saturdays. Yeah. When I had Steve Young. Yeah. Steve Young would literally sit like this in a chair. Uh, legs crossed out, outstretched, you know, uh, arms you know, crossed. Same clothes like, uh, he's had on all week, twirling his hair maybe. Looking or something like, like a schoolboy. And he would recite everything that's on the board in order without making a mistake and go right around the room uh, and say, what else so you want to review? Admonished schoolboy. Wrote memory. Because he was looking down and not looking at the board and reciting the whole thing by memory. Yeah, he memorized the whole board. Wow. It was ridiculous. Wow. And... Uh, I mean, there was one, I called a timeout one time, third and seven or whatever it was. I go, Steve, all right, here's what we're thinking. Here's what we're thinking. I got this play right here. I got two jumps. Or I've got this play right here. He goes, just call one. I'll make it work. He wasn't one of those guys that. He didn't want to debate. He didn't want to debate. He didn't want to Just think. give me the damn play, coach, and me. I'll make it work. He didn't want to suggest one. He wanted just call a play, and I'll make it work. You do your job. I'll do mine. Yeah. I mean, it, it, he was so darn smart. It was scary. I, I couldn't hold a conversation with him. It's like, uh, good morning. Uh, I don't know what he's going to say. He might get, go into a, some dissertation. You know, I don't Is know. It, was it like that? Was he a little bit aloof? Was he hard to kind of get so, to? I, I love him to death. Um, like I had him over, you know, I had him over in my house a few, few days before Christmas, right? We're sober eating crab. And so, you know, he's, so here's, you know, me, I just, I'm eating it as fast as I can because the crab doesn't fill you up, right? You can't, you can't eat it fast enough in your day. Well, he would. It's too he, much work. It's too much work. Well, he had the little fork and he, what he's doing, he's making a pile. He's making a pile. Next crab, he put it on the pile and the pile was growing up like a pyramid. It's like a pyramid. And it was, like, and I'm going, you're gonna eat it or not? What are you doing? He goes, oh yeah, no, I like to, I like to have it all in one spot, and then at the end, then I'll just eat it. I mean, he had some quirks. Isn't that interesting. He, I mean, so you're fly by the seat of your pants, each <laughs> crab leg at a time, and he's he's building a fortress yeah, of crab for the day. It's got to be organized. It's got to be like. <laughs> That's fantastic. What's wrong with you? A, he's a, he's a gem. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, 
your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. You are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. I'm your host, NFL Network senior writer, Andrew Levy. Three conference championship games you went to as a coach. Are those your finest moments? Were those your finest achievements getting, getting to that place? And, of course, I'm sorry that on the backside of it is the reality that you then didn't get to a Super Bowl. But talk to me about that. Was that the summit for you? Is that the pinnacle for you as a coach in terms of success on the field? No. Those are... Uh... When you, gosh, when you're a coach, I think you sometimes overanalyze and think about the what ifs. Uh, I, those are the those are the three most disappointing games. Interesting. I, I get I get it. We, you know, you sure, earn to get sure, there, sure. and it's yep, yep, you know yep. you, you get there. But even and, in retrospect, you don't give yourself credit for having arrived there. You, you know, only are knocking yeah, yourself for not having. Point, gotten but past at it. the end of the day, you say. Dang it, I wish my Niners could have beat the Green Bay Packers in El Nino and gone to the damn Super Bowl right. against the team that we already beat. That's right. You told so, us that, that was the Broncos. And, and then when I was with the Rams and, you know, we played the Chicago Bears and that's with 85 Bears and there were, nobody was going to beat them. They were great. But I was like, you know, this is as far reality stuck, sunk in. It's like we are not as good as that team right there. It was like, boom. This you can see that. This can, It was a different yeah, level. Yeah, they, they, they were better than us, period. And then uh, – Let's see, with the Green Bay Packers, uh, uh, you know, we were there and we ended up playing Michael Irvin and Deion Sanders and that bunch in Dallas. And they had a great, we, they had a dynasty team and we had this young team. And, you know, we play them in the championship game and it's like we don't even belong there because we're so young. But we gave it a go and we were winning for a little bit and then they beat us. And then, they, of course, they went to the Super Bowl. 
um, in, in 95. And so you, you get to a, you get to that level and you go, just what else could we have done just to get another touchdown or whatever to win that game and go try to win a Super Bowl? That's how you look at it. You coached a lot on Saturdays at, uh, at your alma mater, Northern Michigan, Cal State Fullerton, at Cal, at Louisville. And then you made that jump from Saturday. At USC. USC for fight Saturday. on. Of course, of course. You made that jump to Sunday. And on Sundays in the NFL, you achieved what most of those college coaches only dream about ever achieving. What was the thing that you did best? What were you best at as a coach? If you had to honestly evaluate yourself and say, okay, just try to remove yourself, disembody yourself from yourself. Look at the man, Stephen Ray Mariucci. Look at his career. Look at what he accomplished. Look at how he did it, maybe more importantly than anything, how he did it. What did he do best? Hmm. I think, I think, if you evaluate all the parts of it from recruiting to X and owing it or game management or whatever, probably the best argument I could make is I really probably did a pretty good job at hiring coaches. And you go, what? I had some really good coaches. I was, I was. Let's lucky. talk about the Mariucci tree. What does it look like? I mean, in college, I mean, in college, I had guys like Hugh Jackson, you know, he was the first African-American offensive coordinator in the Pac-12. I stole him from Arizona State. Um, he ends up to be a, 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 a pro head coach. I had uh, Mike Waffle, who ended up to be a great uh, pro coach. Uh, Tom Cable was a head coach of the Raiders. I had uh, Troy Taylor on my staff, who now just took the Stanford job. I had... Uh, uh, Tom Homo, who ended up to be a head coach. I had, uh, and, and then and then I hired Dan Quinn out of the weight room in Hofstra. He ends up to be a head coach. Uh, you know, I had Adam Gase. I had, you know, all, all kinds of young guys who I grabbed out of kind of a, you know, a, a place where it you know, wasn't very notable and gave him a chance. Joe Barry took him out of college. He's now the defensive coordinator at the Packers. I take pride in those guys achieving because I was able to grab them when they were when they were younger, just cutting their teeth and teach them how to do this pro thing or this even the college thing. And, and I uh, so I was pretty lucky. I wish I was as successful recruiting and drafting players as I was with coaches. Uh, had a had had a good bunch of coaches. Uh, yeah, in, you in also my had room. some pretty decent players in your day. But I, I of course, so reflexively, you are to again cast the light cast that warm glow of attention onto others. I love you for that. I really appreciate that. That's the kind of man that you are. Andy Reid, Tom Izzo, a couple of decent names to have uh, on speed dial. What makes your friends, Andy and Tom, so special as men and as coaches? Is it the same answer? Is what makes a man special also what makes him or her a great coach? Wow. You know, I think if you look, if you just look at the coaches in general, I think you have a pretty wide range of personalities. It's a group that comes from different backgrounds and philosophies, and uh, I don't know if any two are alike. I suppose there are common qualities where one is driven. Coaching, whether it's in college or, uh, or the pros, is, it, it kind of requires a special breed of cat because, you know, I, I mentioned earlier one of the regrets I had was not learning Italian from my dad. Yes. Well, the, one of the other regrets that I had when I got done with my coaching, I regretted all the time I missed with my kids. Yeah. And so it, it takes it takes a, a, a man who who's knows that going in, and most coaches are nomads. I mean, you're not going to be in one place very long, typically. You got to have a wife that gets that too, and kids that, or you try to make it up somehow. 
So from that standpoint, these coaches have to balance their personal life and their work, their work life. You know, you mentioned your kids last time, and I asked you if you had talked about it with them, and you said, of course, countless times. And I think I intimated or asked you, did they forgive you for that? And if you said, yes, of course. And it struck me later that the better question, of course, is did you forgive yourself? Did you learn to forgive yourself for the, the sacrifice that you made, for the compromise that you made? It was a necessary compromise that you made. If I'm going to do X, then I have to sacrifice Y. And sometimes, yes, even the most important things to you, including family, goes into that why. Did you forgive yourself? Have you forgiven yourself for that, for that time lost? Because it wasn't time lost, it was time spent. While you spent that time doing what you did, they spent that time doing what they did. And yeah. you know that. So when you look at it like that, then, then as long as you're still living, then time spent has to be a certain way to maybe make up for it. And so I'm not lying. My wife and I spend our free time when I'm not working down here at the NFL Network, you're with the kids, or go, we're figuring out when we're going to be with the kids. <laughs> yeah, it's really that simple because I don't have a lot of vices. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't play golf. I don't gamble. I don't do anything. How right? dare you I, call golf a vice? I, we, I quit golf, and I, you know, I don't drink anymore. I don't drink any less. I'm just kidding. You. I got, <laughs> I, I got, a, I got Merlot growing in my backyard. Anyway, um, so. <laughs> We just came back from visiting one of my kids that can't make it to Christmas. And my my wife was just out in Connecticut visiting our kids in Greenwich. And then the other kids are coming home for Christmas. So you spend all of your time planning on how we're getting together. And so is that makeup for when they were kids and I wasn't around much? But I don't know. Maybe it's just what I want to do. You spend all your time planning on how you're going to get together. You know what that reminds me of? No. That reminds me of Steve Young making a crab pile on the table. Um, (laughs) You talked about... And you said it with great regret and some emotion in your face, the missing out on reading your kids' bedtime stories before they go to bed because you were either on the road or working so late. I should infer from what you've just said that you probably spent a fair amount of time reading bedtime stories to your grandkids. If you look at my Dr. Seuss Green Eggs and Ham book right now, it's like, <laughs> it's like spent. It's hanging on with tape because I've read it so many times. <laughs> You know, it's like, you know, the kids like repeat stories, too. And then when I went, here's another thing I got, because I got tired of reading books to them, because reading books is really, really good for young kids, right? But then I would tell bedtime stories. I would tell bedtime stories. And it would be like Three Little Bears and Little Red Riding Hood. And then I would make stuff up and embellish, you know, like I can do. Like, and then, and then, uh, and then uh, they'd go to sleep that way, thinking I'm really whacked out. And so... Uh, <laughs> But just by being there, did I say that earlier? You did. Just by being there, laying in bed with your kid, reading him a book or telling him a bedtime story or saying his prayers with him before he goes to sleep is, is so important. You had a vision when you were a kid of being buried, very Catholic. I'm Catholic too. As Catholics, we are raised with, a, with an intimate uh, relationship with death. We think about death so early in the game. It's just horrifying. <laughs> And you had a very crystallized image of what you imagined your, your death scene would be, your burial. Yeah. You'd be buried in a Packers jersey. <laughs> now, um, let's update the dream. And I don't care what you're wearing in the casket. I don't want to ask about your, your death plan. Thank you. That's for you and your family. What I do want to ask you is this. What do you want them to say about you? They will stand up. They will cry because of the loss, the great loss that one day will come when you are no longer with us. 
What do you want to hear them say? What do you want to hear them say? And, and you're listening. You're listening. You're always there. You're always awake. You're listening in that casket wearing whatever you're wearing. Maybe a Packers jersey. Maybe a Lions jersey. Maybe a Niners jersey underneath, underneath your suit. What do you want to hear them say? First of all, I'm not wearing any of those because I'm going to get cremated. I audible. Okay? <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So um, I, I, uh, it, back in the cemetery in Iron Mount, Michigan, I, I, I made, made this big marble bench, and it's right next to my parents. And all of us six kids, ashes are going in the bench. All right? That's the plan. Right Fair now. enough. All right. And then our, our spouses go, wait a minute. Wait, wait about it. Anyway, um, so that's a whole other thing. But... You know what? This is a kind of a morbid conversation. No, it's not. not you, you, you have a way of taking the uncomfortable and making it accessible. And you have a way of taking this mortality, which to a lot of people is awkward and uncomfortable. And I'm looking you in the face, and I, and I don't find it awkward and uncomfortable at all. You have a light on still. I want to hear from you what you want to hear them say about you, dear sir. You know, uh, I had this saying when I was coaching, is this fun or what? And... <laughs> I said that to Steve Young on the sideline one time when I was mic'd up, and it's kind of lived. Anyway, um, I guess I guess if there, I, I first of all, life's too short. We got to. I don't care if you live to ninety or hundred. Life is too short. You got to enjoy it. You got to enjoy your work. Too many people are complaining about this and that. It's not exactly what I want. Enjoy it. Enjoy your family. Enjoy the tough times, the good times, the bad weather, the, the, the ups and the downs. Enjoy life. It's too short. So I hope, I hope I, if I can listen in <laughs> when I'm ashes to people like you talking, it would be like, all right, you know what? He was fun to be around. He, you know, he, he, he was, he was, uh, he could kid, take a joke, and he could give it out, and it was fun to be around. He wasn't, he wasn't a Debbie Downer, you know, and, and so, you know, that's all. And I, I, the other thing is I just, I just when, you, when, you go, when you pass through life, I hope you can just try to help some others along the way somehow because I think I'm pretty damn fortunate. You know, all, I, all I've ever done in my, in my professional career, my calling, right, my life's work has been about a game. It's been about football. It's like, are you kidding me? I'm not digging ditches, or I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing brain surgery. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying talking about a game, coaching about a game, a game that I played when I was a kid, when I was a little Packer fan at six years old, running around in the backyard. So I, I feel like I'm so damn fortunate. I just, I'm just pinch myself. So if I'm able to be that lucky, I, I hope that I can help some of my friends, friends and family members, and, and then. The other thing is people I don't know. That's the other thing that gives me a, that gives me a thrill is helping people that I don't know, um, but I know that they need help. You know, Coach is a man of his word. He doesn't just say it, he does it. He is a valued, trusted member of the Player Safety Advisory Panel, still in the NFL. His proudest accomplishment may be the fact that he has launched with Gail, his wife, the Mariucci Family Beacon House, which is ostensibly a... Well, Coach, you describe it real quick. Okay. So uh, it's a hospitality house in Marquette, Michigan. And we just built a new one because uh, for 20 years, we, we've had a, a, an older building. And we have provided over $65 million worth of free housing for people, like a Ronald McDonald house, for people who's either getting treatment or their loved ones getting treatment in the hospital. Uh, people from all over the country that from, from uh, cancer patients to NICU babies to car accident, you name it. 
people come in and they stay at our Beacon House and uh, thousands of families have, have been through our doors and we're able to help them in, in the toughest time, in, 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 uh, in a, a time of need where they really have one less worry. How, where am I going to stay? When I'm going to stay in a hotel, I can't afford to do that. Well, they stay at the Marriage Family Beacon House. And so I'm not, uh, I can't tell you how proud we are of it. And it's a continuous thing. We're trying to make it, uh, trying to even add on to it right now or make it better or, um, because it's always full. And there's so many people that really need our help. So really proud of that. That is the Mariucci Family Beacon House. Look it up, listener, and check it out. Let it be said that on our best days, we were a little bit more like Stephen Ray Mariucci. We showed up. We were there. Being there, Steve says, matters. So let that be a lesson. Let's be there. Let's be of service to others. And damn it, let's do as Steve does and not forget to enjoy ourselves along the way. Coach, thank you so much for being here. All right, Drew. Thank you. Please join us tomorrow for Friday Answers to Sunday Questions. It is your complete viewer's guide to week 16 in the NFL. Who wins? What's the score? Who stars? Who stumbles? That's right, we're putting some favorites on upset alert, and those upsets may rock the playoff picture as we know it. Join us tomorrow. Till then, ciao for now. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.